All I have for you is a word. Tenet. It'll open the right doors. Some of the wrong ones, too. Use it carefully. Hey everybody, welcome back to Ginger Flicks. I'm Joey. And I'm Josh. Hey, and this is the podcast where we talk about movies. Uh, Josh, what movie did we watch for this episode? We talked about, well, we watched. We, we're we're we going watched, to talk about we're it. We're going to talk about Christopher Nolan's, Christopher Nolan's new movie, Tenant. I know, it's been a while since we've done like a real new movie. A new movie in theaters. Yeah, we actually went to go see this. You know, like we did like Eurovision when it came out on Netflix. And, yes. Uh, and uh, what else? What else did we do? The Hunt, J- Staten Island. The right? Hunt, Staten Island, King of Staten Island. We've done a few of those, but. Future classics like Capone. <laughs> Yeah, we've done some. We've done some of those, but this is the first one we've done since Bloodshot. We've done in theaters, yeah, and um, I'm really upset. (laughs) You know what, though? Okay, so first, before we even talk, people talking. Sorry, keep going. Silent, though. Do not disturb. I refuse. But, you know, even before we talk about the movie, I have to say it was exciting to go to the theaters again to see a new release. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a lot of things. It was nice to be in a clean theater. I know. I love that it's clean theater. It's so great. The theater is clean. It's spaced out, you know, where you're sitting. You're not next to anybody, really. Um, it's magical. You know, it's good. Like, so for me, I, I'm i excited about that. But you know what? When we went and saw it too, there were still people behaving like obnoxiously. Oh, people are the worst. Yeah. People you know, are the worst. Like, I mean, come on. We already have had to live through a pandemic now. We're, we're still living. In, we're, you know, we're, we're finally back in movie theaters. Turn off your phones. Like... <laughs> Stop that person shining their light. Oh, yeah. That guy who had his phone on like. Like at least three times. I think it's like he was turning on his flashlight. Yeah. So, I mean, if you need to. If you feel the need to use your phone, do us all a favor and stick it up your anus. Yeah. (laughs) Just just do that. I'd rather I'd rather witness such an appalling sight than mm. have to sit through you using your phone during a movie. Well, I mean, that's it's just, funny. that is, we talk about it, you know, that is it's like what like, shoving a phone up our ass. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, we talk about like people using their phones, you know, and it's yes. like, look, honestly, especially there's always an emergency. Maybe if you got to send a quick text, do it, but do it underneath. Don't scroll on Instagram. Steve. Don't, you know, it's Steve. like, yeah, if you're going to do that, get out. 
kind of thing. You know? Anyway, so that that was that was frustrating to see when there was only like ten people in the theater at most, and it lights up the whole half of the theater. Yeah, it's almost as that guy's as screen was brighter than the actual screen <laughs> that we were watching this. Brighter than my future. This movie. Oh, well, it's brighter than all our futures. Um, so anyway, let's get to the movie. It's what you could call it is a movie. Uh, <laughs> this movie was a lot of things, and in my opinion, good is not one of them. I'm just gonna say it. I did not like this movie. <laughs> what are yeah. your thoughts, Josh? You know what? The thing is, um, yeah, my immediate thing was I didn't like it. And it's, we <sighs> talked about it. I was disappointed with the movie. Just You weren't just mad. You were just disappointed. Uh, yeah, I wasn't mad. I was disappointed. <laughs> I'd say Tenet was probably my number one highly anticipated movie for the year. Oh, like it was, than, it was, it, it's a movie that a lot of people have been looking yeah. forward to and I really want to get out there and see it. And you know, for me personally, because there's a lot of stuff that we missed this summer, you know, between wonder woman and black widow, and, which will be coming you know, out later. Yeah. But like, and James Bond and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, interchange all those a little bit for me, Tenet was at the top or at the very right. least top three. So it's like this came out and everyone's kind of expecting it to be like the next inception. And yeah, I guess, you know, you got to give Christopher Nolan credit. The man knows how to film. The man can create insane practical visuals Mm -hmm. that most other film creators these days can't. They rely on CGI or what, what have you. And there was a lot of very cool concepts in this movie. Yes, there were. That we, that I felt, and you you and I both felt, missed the landing. And yeah, I, you know, yeah. It was a lot like um, a gymnastics performance that just kills it right at the, uh, the end. Well, you know what? I would say it's the opposite. I would say <laughs> actually they take, they waste so much of the beginning on nonsense and then all the good stuff is at the very end, but you're so tired and bored <laughs> from the other stuff you've seen before. I'm, I'm talking more in terms of storyline where it was just like nothing felt cohesive. And I, you know, that's probably part of it. It, it yeah, it just, it made it so like it, Another thing too, and to get on a technical point, and um, actually, I know somebody that w- works at the theaters we were at, and I spoke to them actually today about mm-hmm. this movie. And I said, and he asked me what I thought, and I said I told him my thoughts, and he's like, "Really?" Like he was surprised, and, he, and I'm like, "Well, I mean, I don't know. I'm not trying to discourage you from seeing it, but the truth is, I found the mix not to be great." in terms that the audio, like the, the music on it was way too loud. And he's like, yeah, I have that. We have that issue. We have to, you can hear it walking through the hallways. Yeah. You know what? (laughs) Like you can hear the music on, on this film walking through the hallways of the theater with the doors closed. (laughs) Like the, the, the truth is, is the, 
the score overpowers dialogue and you miss certain things. And then mm-hmm. now you're stuck trying to figure out what possibly might have been said could yeah. could lead to some sort of explanation in the movie and it's not there later mm-hmm. on because, you know, like it's most funny. good movies, they don't waste time explaining yeah. something to you more than once. Unfortunately, with this one, whether they did or we didn't or didn't, I didn't hear it. <laughs> it was funny because like, I couldn't hear I was it. Thinking about, I was thinking about that. Um, yeah, you're talking about the dialogue, and it reminded me a little bit of like I'm just bringing it to Lost for a second. In that Lost, you know, obviously was all about questions and mysteries. Mm-hmm, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But one, like, just a very small thing. I remember watching Lost like the first time, and in, in the first season. There's a Korean couple, Jin and Sun. Right. And in one scene, they're talking, like having a full-on conversation, but there's no subtitles. So I'm like... Like in Korean? I was, I was, yeah, there's no subtitles. And I'm like, wait a minute. What? Why isn't it? Because it's just them, right? There's no... It's like, it's like the Star Wars back. Christmas special. But but the thing is, they come back to it because that it's not about that conversation. It was about another person, like I forget who, kind okay. of listening so it's like you're getting their perspective. So you don't know what they said, but then they revisit it and then you find out what it was said. So it pays off and it all makes sense. In the but end. how long was it from the well, actual initial the, thing to when it paid off? It could have been like four episodes. Show, though, right? it could exactly. Been yeah. But it's, it's a TV show. So it's like yeah, you, yeah. Can, you can do that. And Lost was all about the mysteries anyway. But you come to this and it's funny. I was, I've been... You know, since we saw this, I've just, you know, I've been looking at other reviewers, other um, people who have seen this movie. And on a technical aspect, so many people are like us. They they said, like, whatever theater they were in, and but it obviously it's the movie. It's not the theater where the score is overpowering the dialogue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You it's have, You know, you have... You know, like you're because it's funny because there's like a guy, Jeremy Johns, who's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. about our age, I think, and uh, he reviews movies. And he's and he said, He's like, Oh man, am I getting old? Like, is that it? Because that's I was thinking that I was like, Oh, shoot, like, am I no, no, you want to hear what they're saying, and it, this movie doesn't give you that opportunity, yeah, exactly. And like when I went to film school, the first thing I that we were told was during you know, if you have music, it's it's funny, music and score are the best way to hide audio discrepancies. Okay. (laughs) Right. And this is what this feels like. This feels like the, the, the audio, the audio editor didn't, you know, do his best. So he's like, fuck it. We'll just throw some music on top of it and they'll hide any issues. You know, it feels like something out of, you know, first year film school. In terms of the way the edit, in, in terms of the way the edit was made, you know, and it's just, it's it's upsetting because you know Christopher Nolan likes to do like certain sounds soundscapes, let's call them, yeah. throughout his movies. I mean, Dunkirk is a perfect example, right? Don't you yeah. hear that ticking throughout the whole thing? Yeah, it's brilliant, but again, yeah. Dunkirk is a much Very better movie much. than this. Well, <laughs> even, with, even with Inception. There was that um, that very that ominous that deep tone, mm-hmm. which was just the score itself. I think that was stretched out. 
Right. But again, I can't remember what it was. It's just those those movies are so much easier to sort of grasp. And this one, it just they don't help you. Well, here's the thing. This is what I was thinking, too. Okay, because the I mean, we're going to give away spoilers. So if you're listening to this podcast or watching the video, um, just know that. But the the premise of this movie is simple. It's a spy movie. Uh huh. And they're trying to find this device from this villain that will stop World War Three. Like, that's essentially what it is. And it's it's like, that's the thing. The plot is so simple. Yeah. But then you add the whole thing with inverse time, which is the device itself. That's what causes everything because it involves entropy and is going to destroy the whole world or whatever. Right. Um, so it, it manages to reverse the flow of time. Like, so this, the, the setup, the, the plot is simple. The, I don't know what that's called, but the whole aspect of the time travel or the inverse of time is a cool concept, but there is the whole first half, I'd say maybe more is so convoluted. <laughs> There's so many jumps to get from one person to another person. Too much unnecessary things. That you, like, for me, like, I was lost. I was like, what is going on? It didn't make sense. There was the, um, there was that, what you see in the trailers, that opening with the opera. And I was like, ooh, this is going to be good. And it happens like that. It's the first scene in the movie. (laughs) It's the first scene in the movie. And it has nothing to do with the actual movie or even the character itself, the main guy, you know, it's just who doesn't have a name, who doesn't have a name. He is simply called the protagonist. I was like, come on. Like, you know, that like, see, you know, trying to jump from one topic to another, but this movie was not character driven. It was very plot heavy that even the main guy doesn't have a name. Like, I, I, I think that that's what hurts this movie is that, yeah. like I, I found myself going through this. I'm like, why do I care about this guy? Mm-hmm. What, what, what's the difference between him or Robert Pattinson's character? Why isn't he the lead or something like that? It's just, <sighs> yeah. And, Admittedly and, and, though, the performances are good. Oh no, I've got no issues with the performances. Okay. The performances are great, but my my whole issue is with this plot being so just. You said it perfectly, convoluted, mm-hmm. to the point where I just many, I stop caring halfway through the movie. It's like there's too many like side missions, like a video game almost at the very beginning, <laughs> where you have to just get one task to another task to another task to meet this person, to meet that person, to meet that person. You know, it, it was too much that that took away from the movie. And especially when things were happening. That well, we not even that. Yeah. I mean, but I hate to say it, but I, the, the, the like, whole the whole inverse time and, you know, time travel thing, just it, it screws up the movie. It, it actually, yeah. it for me, it ruins it. Like this, well, this could have been a decent spy caper, without mm-hmm. all of this inverted and you know time traveling crap. Hey, like time travel can be so cool. 
you know, it, it, if it it's done cool. properly. And that's yeah. the problem. If you start, that's, that's the only, that's the thing, man. Like with all of these movies that, that hit on time travel, it just, you have to establish rules. And this didn't really establish any rules, right? They didn't, they didn't yeah. also, they don't explain how they're even able to time travel. They explain yeah. the inverted yeah. bullet yeah. thing, which is great. I understand that. Yeah. And they under, and they explain how you can be inverted in time where but they didn't even they, they explained that you could, but they didn't explain how. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, they just said, said, Oh, we can do it. They just said you are you're irradiated with like the inverse time effect. Again, they, they explain they took the time to explain to us poorly at that. I mean, the whole like preamble thing as he's getting ready to go through the um inverter or whatever it is mm -hmm. you know where she's sort of briefing him telling him what to expect how to how to deal with everything the fact he's got to wear you know a breathing apparatus all that stuff right yeah it, it the it kind of explains it but it's so quick you can miss it right mm -hmm. and you're like wait what and then you know they, they they spent a good five i'd even say almost 10 minutes explaining inverted bullets to you earlier in the movie. So they took time to explain that and how objects can be inverted. Yeah. But then they took zero, absolutely zero time to explain to you how, how is it they're able to travel, you know, a week into the past. Yeah. How do you go from inverse time yeah. to literally just time to, to just existing in, in time? Yeah. Because they made it that like you and I were, again, we were talking about this, but they made it that, that, okay, so you can inverse time. And then like that concept to me was really cool, right? When he goes into that machine and he goes out the other end and it's time is going backwards to him. And the whole, um, like the whole laws of physics and reality is flipped to his person, right? It's like everything is going backwards. That's a really, really cool concept. And it was really cool to film, but how do you go from that to simply traveling in time, mm -hmm. going backward, like jumping in time? There's a difference between like rewinding time and going to another point in time period and living as a normal person in that time, you know? They never explained that at all. And that was... <laughs> I didn't. I, yeah, like like th this that movie. Was, that was strange. I mean, let's let us let us let's let's go on some of the positives. Like for example, you and I both agreed Kenneth Branagh was amazing in this movie. He ch he chewed scenery like you wouldn't believe. Oh yeah, it's funny because he was like the Bond villain, right? Oh, this is a Bond even... movie. You take out the inverted yeah. time, yeah. it's a Bond movie. <laughs> but he's not even really the villain per se because the villain itself was like the like it's not him but it has to do with that device and that formula well okay he he's he, he okay he is the the bond villain it's like it's like how you know all the other villains are like henchmen of Blofeld in some way in the Bond world, right? And yeah. it's sort of it's sort of like that this idea, I guess, is the best way I can explain it and understand it. But I mean <laughs> this movie just what it's funny because, you know, again, all, all the viewers <laughs> I've seen, they say they talk about how the performances are good. But some people are like, eh, Kenneth Brano is weak. 
or he was okay. But I was like, you know what? Because he was so over the top, I thought he was great. You don't see that kind of performance anymore. No, we both, we've said this before. We've said this before on this show where they want the world for whatever reason, Hollywood, it wants us to relate some way to these villains, right? They have to have some sort of benevolent, um, motivation. Although you have to, you have to empathize with them. Yeah. You have to have empathy with them. And, uh, this one you don't, he's just, he's just a terrible human being. He's an arms dealer. He's, uh, he's a jerk to his wife. Yeah. He's just, he's, he's, he's a, he's a big bad dude. Right. And, uh, so, I mean, <laughs> that's that's what makes this character I mean, fun. I mean, he in the is end. dying, right? Like, that's, yeah. that's yeah. his main thing, and that's why everyone's going to die, because his whole... Th- like, at least what's good about his vi- this villain is that he had, he had the whole thing of... He made it clear. He was such a I, megalomaniac that... He was a megalomaniac, but he made it clear. If I can't have you... No one can like talking about his wife. Yeah. Right. And then same thing. He's going to die. So he's like, if I can't have you, no one can. And I'm going to take the world with me. Yeah. That's how, <laughs> that is how messed up this guy was. Yeah. And he is. Know, again, it's like you see these villains that are like, well, <laughs> oh, you know, I, I went through all of this to get you. And I, I, I'm struggling to let you go. That's why I'm doing It's like, no, no, no. He's straight up. I'm a terrible guy. I got you. And I'm not you letting you go. You ain't going nowhere. It. And you're like, okay. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe some of the acting choices could have been questionable. Like some of his anger outbursts kind of came out of nowhere. Sure. But again, that's, that's part of his character. But that's and what made them funny. Yeah, (laughs) it made it it fun. I mean, I think you know. I think actually, if you took out maybe one of his outbursts, it would have been perfect. Would have been fine. I like, and I, I get it. Like, I do understand why people didn't like it because he was borderline cartoony. Well, this movie was a borderline cartoon. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, aside from so many, like, I wanted to like this movie. I really did, and I mean. I can't for the life of me admit to liking a movie I didn't understand. Well, again, that's And I felt I like you yeah. and I both said walking out of the theater, are we dumb? Like we felt stupid walking out of this thing cuz it just nothing seemed to click and I'm like, okay, yeah. but well, wait, what about this? And we spent a good hour out in the parking lot trying to decipher what we just watched. Mhm. I didn't have that issue with any other Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah. You usually when you're in the parking lot after watching his movies, you're like, how awesome was that movie? Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, I know, I know some people that it took them a second watch to, to get, um, inception, which is fine. Understandable. I mean, inception in itself is kind of an out there concept as well. Mm hmm. I mean, maybe this needs one of those, but I I always thought of myself as someone who didn't really, you know, who could have got that. Like, because I had no issue getting Inception, and Shepson made sense to me. This doesn't. Yeah. 
this does, yeah, I don't, I, I just, I couldn't wrap my head on the whole time travel thing and how they're instantly able to travel through time. Well, I couldn't, well, I the, couldn't like wrap my brain around it. There was, there was that, the time travel thing. Um, and, and I think this, some of the choices that the characters made, because you had talked about, they didn't have rules of time travel, but they did have some rules and some of the stuff, like we don't look at this stuff online, you know, right. people that are, you know, look at conspiracy theories or they look at, <laughs> um, they look up science stuff, like just online, like people that do these YouTube videos about, you know, stuff that like people in the Big Bang Theory would do, you know, like let's talk about time travel. This is how time travel could work, whatever. Like, well, like the characters people, talk about the theory behind it, right? Yeah. There's so many people that talk yeah. about why that could work or why it couldn't work. Right. And well, the, well, partially it's, it's funny though. Like the Einstein's theory of relativity is basic, our, our basic points on time travel. If you think about it, because the whole idea of that is you're traveling so fast through space that time actually slows down for you. And that's why you don't age or right. your, your aging process goes a lot slower compared to those here on earth. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like the, the basic explanation of Einstein's theory of relativity. And I don't know, it could have been disproven now. It could have been re-proven. I don't know. I don't follow theoretical physics enough to know. We're just not in that world. Exactly. Exactly. But like this, this movie, it, it, hmm. like interstellar gets that. Like I get that with interstellar. I understand, you know, how he goes out, how Matthew McConaughey goes out into space and time on earth is so much moves so much faster than it has for him while traveling through space. Right. Right. And then you get that weird thing where he's in his own bookshelf or something and is, is crazy. I've never actually seen uh, <laughs> it's It's, it's a good movie. I recommend watching it. In, hey, I like Christopher Nolan movies. Man. Like, like uh, and then, but then like, I, I never like tenant tenant just doesn't something about it. I don't know whether it was, it just, if he, he was concentrating too much on making it a spy caper, which was fun, and then you throw in this other element, which makes it even more convoluted. Mm-hmm. Like spy movies can be good on their own without without the twist of you know inverted bullets and time travel. For me, it was certain things like why did certain characters behave the way they did why did they not adhere to some of the rules they set out right in all these time travel movies there's always like the you can't change the past and they always change the past like that's literally almost every time travel movie they always say you can't do anything to disrupt the past but they do it anyway oh yeah. you know whether it's back to the future time cop uh um i don't i can't i can't uh Bill what and else? ted Bill and Ted, man, you know it. But um, they they always lay out that rule, or they or, or actually, that's the one like, rule that's not in Bill and Ted. Hell, the hot tub time machine, Avengers, Endgame, they did time yeah. travel, right? But their rules for time travel was if you're going back in time, you're actually going into almost like a separate reality because yes. what you do in the past doesn't affect your future. Right. So like they did that big, like, a, like almost like, um, not like a scapegoat, like, nope, doesn't matter. You go back in time, do whatever you want. 
in this one, they don't say that. In this one, it's the grandfather paradox that they call it, right? Where you you can't go back in time to kill your grandfather because then you would never be born. So then you couldn't go back in time, et cetera. And then it's just a cycle, right? That's the whole point of the movie. So they mentioned, okay, they mentioned the grandfather paradox and then basically, you know. She breaks it. They all break it. The villains themselves are breaking it. Because their whole thing is they're going to destroy the earth so the future is better for them. But here's the thing. (laughs) It's like, and I think even, even the protagonist even says it. He's like, well, what about the grandfather paradox? And he's like, and Robert Pattinson's like, well, they don't seem to really care about that. Yeah. It's like, well, why, why bother bringing it up then? Robert Pattinson flips his views in the movie. First, he says, whatever happens, happened, which is like... Well, no, it's not that he flips his views. It's like the the quote-unquote villains or the people that have set up Kenneth Branagh, because you don't know who it is. It's these... It's, it's, it's people from the future that have set Kenneth Branagh up with, you know, possibly his wealth and everything else that he has managed to attain. Also, with the ability to time travel. So, and they said, here you go, destroy the planet. And he seems to be perfectly fine with doing that. Well, they don't First set of him all. Up. Wait, hold on. They don't set him up with anything. He's just an arms dealer. But he finds those, the formula. But again, it was, it was completely set up because it was like, the whole thing was, he ended up, he ends up being at like ground zero for some like, uh, nuclear meltdown or explosion or whatever in Russia, right? A Chernobyl-esque type thing, and then all of a sudden he becomes one of the biggest and most, um, you know, powerful arms dealers in the world in a span of like however many years, mm-hmm. right? So um, I mean, it's it was and it was because people from the future came back in time, planted everything, and sort of you know set him up. Mm-hmm. Is the whole, I guess that was the whole sort of premise on how Kenneth Branagh became and who he was. You know what? I, I didn't even get that. I, That's what I mean. Like, there's a whole I, bunch of stuff that, like, you know, you um, missed and I missed. And it's like. And it's like certain, so certain things for me. Like, for example, <clears throat> the two, like, again, heavy into spoiler territory. They say, right, you can't kill anyone in the past or whatever. You should. Right? That was, you shouldn't. Or, but she kills Kenneth Branagh. 14 days before, you know, 14 days ago from when the movie takes place. They go back in time. The whole third act or last act or whatever is taking place in that island. And she kills him. We don't see the effects of that. We don't see how that changes anything. (laughs) And then the other big reveal is that Robert Pattinson was one of the bodies they see, you know, and then you see him at the end. And so, you know, he's got to go back in time. He's got to die. But if she could go back in time and kill someone, why does he have to go back to die? Because it didn't seem to be any consequences that she did that, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, what's the point? You don't have to do it now. And then there was other things like, obviously that fight that again, the spoilers, the reverse fight that he, uh, John David Washington, has with himself is pretty cool but why does it happen at all in the first place Mm -hmm. 
Like we don't know. They don't. They, they, this movie does a terrible job of explaining or giving you anything that you can kind of grasp and understand. I mean, I do get it. It's outside the box. It's it's cool in that regard, and it's a really cool concept movie. But I mean, other than that, I just I don't like leaving a movie confused. Mm-hmm. And it's like I feel like if this movie was meant to be. Like it was like, let's say it was two and a half hours. If it was meant to be three and a half hours, I would get it because I feel like. Yeah, no, there are certain things missing. I mean, I feel like we kept jumping almost into the middle of a scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was never a a cohesive. No, not at all. Because that's what the whole plot is, is that it's all about time. So it does jump back and forth. But I feel like there just wasn't that. Um, you couldn't simply follow the plot and it's like you had to just jump into the middle of the scenes and you had to accept what was happening, but you didn't even really know what was happening no. for some of them. And then you don't, then they don't touch on it again. Right. And then of course, and then, you know, so that was, that's a big thing for that one. But <laughs> also we talked about, we, we talked about already that it wasn't very character driven. You know, performances are solid. Yeah, all, all, all the way through. Robert Pattinson, Kenneth Branagh. Uh, what was her name? That girl from Man From U.N.C.L.E.? Oh, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but I know... Elizabeth Debicki or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, something like that. I'll check like it. That. I'll look she it up was, right now. Like She was great. Um, you know, Michael Caine, uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson, like all solid actors. But they focused so much on her... They made her kind of the heart of the movie. So you empathize with her, empathize with her, but you don't, you have no clue what's going on or who the protagonist is. You know, even in Fight Club, when Edward Norton is just the narrator. Yeah, Elizabeth DeBecky. Yeah, DeBecky. DeBecky. (laughs) But like, even with Fight Club, where that's another, the only other movie I can think of where the main character doesn't have a name. Uh, he you still get you know who he is like you know his behavior you know um you know that he has insomnia he he's a meek kind of person right uh, you know like he gets pushed around by his boss like you get he's he goes to aa me- like cancer meetings he does these things so you you have a picture of his identity where with the protagonist here you just see him do things, but you don't know any of his beliefs. You don't really get a sense of his mannerisms. You get more of a sense of that with Robert Pattinson because he's not the main character. He's kind of like a side character. So the side character, you have to give more information in less time. You know? The thing was with the the, the protagonist, it was just so uninteresting because of that. Because you didn't tell us anything really about him. He was so just, mm-hmm. it was like, okay, why Why are we following him? What makes him more important than, say, Robert Pattinson? You know, you yeah. don't give us enough. Yeah, what is it about him that, mm-hmm. that makes you, like, it's weird because you're, you're learning everything through his eyes, right? Like, he's almost the audience. You're rooting for him, but as everything unfolds, you're learning it through him, right? Yeah. But then the oh, heart totally. and soul, is, 
the heart and soul is her. So you're like, you're feeling more emotional connection to her. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. (laughs) Uh, uh, anything else you want to put on to this, onto this, uh, episode mention of tenant or anything like that or. Well, okay. This is again. Hey, I'm, I may have missed it. I, I'm kind of mad if I'm missing all these things because pay attention. But the guy at the beginning, you know, after um, protagonist dies, he says to him, tenant, and he does this, right? Right. And he says, say that word, like tenant, and this will unlock some doors you'll like or some you won't or whatever. He tells him. Right. It's like, you know, I'm thinking, oh, this is like some secret code. And all it all it really means is at the very end, Robert Pattinson is like, this is entropy or whatever. That's all he says. It's something like this is entropy. This is where like the influx of the reverse in time and normal flow of time <clears throat> coexists. And like, that's it. So it's like, why is it called tenant? And what was the significance? Like, I get this is like connect, whatever the connection, but mm-hmm. I'm thinking that so many more people were going to know that. So the only thing I'm thinking, because I said this as well, this is the first like Christopher Nolan movie besides the Dark Knight trilogy where it really feels like he's setting up a sequel. Yeah. And I was like, are, are we going to explore more of that in like Tenet 2, which would be like Eleven Evely or something? <laughs> 12 Eleven-ent. 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 Or maybe it goes backwards. Eleven Ellen. So be like nine in. Eleven Ellen. Eleven Ellen. Nine in. Nine in. Nine in. Nine in. I don't know, man. So <clears throat> yeah, uh, that, that's what I gotta say. What about you? Uh, one thing I did like was Michael Caine. When do you not like Michael Caine? I know, right? You still like him in, like, I like him in Jaws 4. He's amazing. Because, you see, <laughs> to do Michael Caine, you have to go a bit nicely. Right? And I think he just took the movie, you know, to eat crisps. To eat crisps, yeah. <laughs> he just did it to eat really crisps. Does. He's just eating. He, he literally eats potato chips. Or, sorry, uh, fries or crisps or whatever um, you want to call them. Yeah, he's he eats, like pulling out his inner Brad Pitt. He eats chips throughout his entire. He's in one scene, and that's all he does. Yeah, he does some sort of exposition, which is a red herring, anyways. Yeah, you've got to go find uh, this uh, Sanjay and his wife, and uh, <laughs> no, I, I don't even think that's it. I think isn't that what he oh, he no, no, comes he, in he, after them? Yeah, <sighs> he comes in after. The couple from India. No, he didn't. He does. It's all reversed in time. Maybe it was later. Maybe it was beforehand. That, don't even know. that happens in Eleven. You don't even know. It could have all been reversed in time. It's in. It happens in Eleven, Ellen. Eleven, I believe. <laughs> Anyways, guys, okay. we have come to the point in the movie where we rate this movie out of five ginger snaps. So Josh, how many ginger snaps do you give tenant? Give it a three. Oh, three. Eh? Give it a three. Some pretty cool action. Great performances. Um, frustrates me to no end that it makes me feel dumb. 
and that I didn't get certain things. <laughs> I'm going to go with a two and a half just because like, I, I liked a lot of things. Like, again, the action was great and all, but it's just, I don't like coming out of movie confused. I just, I don't yeah. like that feeling. I don't like not being able to understand what's going on on the screen. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's really my main complaint. It seems like after the Dark Knight Rises, you know, a lot of people complained that you couldn't understand Bane. I think there was maybe a scene or two, but I feel like I could. But when you have Bane talking a little bit like this, I feel like Christopher Nolan leaned heavily into that. Like, you know what? People don't need dialogue. We don't need to have them understand what they're saying. The audience doesn't want to know what the dialogue is. Yeah, let's feel it. They can just feel the dialogue. (laughs) I don't know. That's, I don't know, man. It's, it's. Part of me is wondering, though, I'm like, would it be better on a second viewing? Yeah, that's my thought, too. I don't know yet. Uh, I don't know if I want to spend another two and a half hours watching it. Might have to wait for it to come out on demand or something. <laughs> and watch it in reverse. Ooh. Now you're thinking. So that means all the inverted scenes are forwards. Like, I'm sorry. You know what? We didn't talk. Okay, this is the one scene. Oh. Because the one scene when... We're almost good before, for time, too. I know. Just as quick, but just before he's about to go inverse in time is when you have Kenneth Branagh in one room and then you have it. That's when you realize like then Kenneth Branagh in one room, Kenneth Branagh in another room halfway through and he realized, see, and this is this bug me because they're speaking backwards. Oh, right? dude, that is the whole like that is the inverted universe. But so he's speaking backwards. And but because of how this movie talking about like audio and technical stuff, he's speaking backwards. But John David Washington is talking to them like he understands what they're saying. Like, didn't you get that? He's like, I can help you. I can do this. And I was like, they are not speaking English or they're not speaking forward. How do you under? So for me, I was getting frustrated at first because I'm like, what are they saying? I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, you get the fact that he's. I'll be honest. By that point, I gave up. Well, that's what you looked at me. You're like, what is happening right now? I gave up. I gave up. Yeah, that. I almost pulled out my phone and started playing Candy Crush. I'm joking. I've never actually played Candy Crush. But anyways, guys, that uh, that 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 marks off the end of our show. Uh, Josh, have you gone? Have you braved it? (laughs) Braved the movie theaters. Let us know, please. (laughs) <laughs> Where can they contact us to let us know their thoughts on this movie, like Josh? Well, you can message us on, or you can find us on Instagram at gingerflixpod, one word. You can find us on Twitter at flixpod, one word. Or you can find us on YouTube at gingerflix. And remember, flix is always spelled with that X. Also, one quick thing. Um, this past week, Chadwick Boseman has did pass away over this past weekend, I guess. And well, what, right when we came out of the movie, yeah, because we went to go see it on Friday night. Uh, the Friday, uh, anyways, we just want to say Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever, and uh, rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. 
Rest in peace. Yeah. Thank you for all your talent mm-hmm. and your gifts.